We hot. We here. We in the building. It's the table. You know what table is the roundhouse round table. We in the building. It's me and Monty T. And I got B in the building. Queen B in the building. Looking lovely as usual. And we're going to get into it. So let's get it. I swear my glow up in lightning. Hot ears, something like lightning. This shit a hit on my psychic. She want me lick, I'm excited. See, I feel that that's my business, and that's why I'm business minded. Need a push, get behind it. It's science, apply it. Worst come to worst, she tried it. Get a bag, get inspired. Shoot your shot, it's the effort I admire. You're higher than nothing for friends at this point. My circle is smaller than point. I'd rather sit in voice than hearing a big on their voice. We already have business support. All right, so we had a wild ass fight night, and this and, and like one I should have paid for. So like I feel like we got this for the freezy. So so Sarukian versus Gamrot UFC Vegas fifty seven. Say that with my whole chest. UFC Ooh. Vegas fifty seven, and it went off. Great fight. No cap recap. We are gonna get into it. Start from the prelims, Vanessa Little Monster versus Jen Frey. This one, one was a split decision. I thought it was, uh, I, I thought it kind of went Frey's way, but I don't know what Little Monster did extra. I think it was the the takedown. And the significant strikes, but I didn't, I didn't agree with his and, outcome. Yeah, I think the takedown was what made the difference, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't think it was really any damage done when the takedown happened. So it's just like, now it's just like, all right, okay. So we got some different judges now. So now we starting to see back the inconsistencies in the judging. So it's just like, there's no way to really gauge judging. They might as well not even have judges. They might as well just do it by the crowd because if, <laughs> Hey, let me hear some noise. For if you think uh, Vanessa little monster won. I think they might have to do it like that because it's know, like the judges the, are so inconsistent. The bias would be there. So if I'm like, whether my person <laughs> won or lost, it's like whoever my favorite fighter is, that's who I'm going to go for. But I, I didn't agree with this. And then I did notice like at the end when she was surprised when they called her name. And I did notice like the commentator who was in there had a stern hand on her, on her shoulder because he did not want her to jump into his arms. But that <laughs> ended up happening Anyways, and little monster looked at defeated going into the third round when she sat down, she plopped down. She didn't even sit down. She plopped down and you just saw the discouragement in her and the defeat. And so I wasn't on board with this. Yeah, it like it, it seemed like uh June Jean Frey won for sure. Like yeah, I, I thought that she was being more aggressive, she was coming forward more. But if that takedown was what made the difference, then that like that doesn't hold any weight. That's not any significance, and it's not definitely staying in line with how a few people, you know, lost number one contendership. You know, Holly Holm, and I, I think that's the part that's not fair. When it goes to the judges, it goes to a very unfair box, but it's yeah. still a random spectrum. He but. had more strikes in the clinch, but like they were not significant strikes. It was just like to show activity. Anytime yeah. Frey did something, you could see the impact it was, that it had yeah. on Vanessa. So that's why it's just like, I know you don't want to rush. I know you want to be technical and everything, but it 
taking it to the judges is a big risk. Yeah. I think she had, uh, Vanessa had a small little like flurry at the end mm-hmm. of the third, which kind of like, I don't, I hope that wasn't what swayed it either, but either way, shout out to Vanessa. She got another one, you know, she got another one, um, another one of these. Cause this wasn't one of the first ones that like, I think she got off on GP like, so, but either way, first round submission next Brian Keller versus Mario Batista, mm-hmm. Mario Batista probably showed the smoothest jujitsu i've seen like probably in the ufc you know very slick very smooth like his transition like when he went from the back transition from the back um that was elite and he got the submission that was elite so it's, it's, it's crazy to see guys out there with like so many layers to their onion you know to me that's that's how i look at like jujitsu and and the ground game like an onion there's so many layers um but shout out to mario batista what do you think about this that's but that's how i think it's supposed to be like there's supposed to be more layers to you and not just one thing because that's how you end up being a champion fighter or going a lot further in your career with the ufc because mm-hmm. people are having options in their bag and if you just have this one go-to and no options, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure Absolutely. because you don't have any, people are going to watch your tapes. They're going to see the one thing that you continue to do and they're going to capitalize on it. So have more things mm-hmm. in your arsenal. And I appreciate it, him and his smooth jujitsu. I can always appreciate some smooth jujitsu mm-hmm. happening and just acting like it's effortless, even though yeah. you took some time and dedication in the gym and it shows. Yeah, he was ready. Brian Keller, you know, and he has good wrestling too. So I don't, that was a that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Next, Cody Durden versus JP Baez. JP Baez is about to say bye to the UFC. I got a pro- mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Cody Durden, he went out there with a mission, like he really wanted to fuck somebody up, and like he that's what he did. Like that was his. He was looking very strong. And and looking like he was not going to, like you know some guys look like they're not going to be denied like like I have to win this like he had a chip on his shoulder Cody Durden really wanted this one and JP Baez didn't have anything for him it's like two different levels but everybody expected a lot from JP Baez because you know you know he you know he has a wrestling package and you know and I guess he box a little bit but Cody Durden went right past that. And then that just makes you think, like, who are the hype guys and who are actual legit guys? You know, the yeah. dogs you referred to. You said this lineup was full of dogs. Yep. And I think we got a, a very good uh, viewing of that. Yes. Yes. Then they put them up, up against people. They're like, oh, they're good, too. And the dogs <laughs> just shine. Like, this one, this uh, this night wasn't for the casual fans. This wasn't for the, the casuals. This night was for people. And then now, these are just some names to remember. Just saying that. Yes. These are some names. For example, next, Morozov uh, versus Pavia. Morozov just went out there looking elite. Yeah. Versus Pavia. And I think Pavia's last fight was against uh, Sugar Sean. He got taken out in the first round. So it's just like, Poppy, he's going to have to put that work in because I don't know, because the Bantamweight is stacked up. The Bantamweight got all dogs. Like, 
and it, and it's not and it's not look like it's lightning going ease up. <laughs> so he has like a couple of options. He can gain weight and move up the weight class, <laughs> lose or he can get weight. In but at the same time, I won't lie. Like I did see progression in his boxing. I seen progression in his skills overall. Like we not, I can't dismiss like the progression that he's has since his last fight. I think if he walked into that that Sean a Sugar Sean fight the way he is right now, I think he would uh would have won that fight. However, uh, Morozov is the type of dog that Sugar Sean does not come in contact with. Like his uh, Morozov contract or or offer to fight will slide right off of uh. Sugar Sean's desk. <laughs> That's, mm. He don't see those. He he will not see that one. Mm. Hell no. So, uh, but he's about to fight uh Morales, who's on you know his downward end, not the downward Ooh, end of, no. of his the downward end of his career. You know, no. you know, like you know that's what happens. People, you know, they get into a, a a job career, then they get to the downward slope of their career. You know, just like anybody, construction worker, plumber, anybody that retires. Same thing. They get to the downward end of their career. That mean you. That don't mean you can't fight no more. That just means <laughs> that you're the downward end of your career. There's a lot of people out there that's better than you, and it's not just speaking to your skill set. It's just saying that fighters are evolving. Yes, age, time, mindset, all those things. Like fighters are literally being born, and then two years later, put gloves on, <laughs> yeah. and then being forced to do that. Like. Yeah, the athletes are, are being born different this time because, like, especially if they're becoming from athletes, like, you already know the dedication, when to stardom, and mm -hmm. you have your, your certain tricks or, you know, the right people to help yeah. fine-tune this, this athlete into something great. And that's, I think that's what people are missing as well because people, like I've said before, people are dedicating their life to this it's not just like i'm gonna do this on the side it's a hobby type deal yeah. that's not happening anymore exactly. people are starting early and they know what they yep. want to do once they get to their early 20s or when once they hit 18 they've been prepping yep. their entire life for this and so you're gonna see just a different span of people coming through and i'm really excited about it just like just like basketball players, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal's son just got drafted into the NBA. Like they're yep. legacy kids that's starting uh, to come Pippen through. The, come through the, the yeah, Sky Pippen in their like legacy kids now in the UFC that's starting to come through. Like there's this is a guy in my gym, 14 years old. He'd be kicking our ass. Yeah. And and he you ask him what do you want to do? I want to be in the UFC. Well, yep. No question. He's 14. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So just think about those things. I know it's guys that's young like that that want to do those things, but like just think about that as you on the down end of your career. Think about what you were doing 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So, hmm, I was fucking doing something else, not fighting. Then maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's all right, call it quits. It's okay. So yeah. next, speaking of call it quits, TJ Brown versus Shaylon. This fight was the difference between who was going to push more. My, who was just gonna push more and and Shay Shaylon had more in the in the tank to push and more to give. T.J. Brown was uh, surprised me because he stayed in that long. He took the shots he took, had the opportunity to take that fight over, mm. but it was just the desire to push in that cardio aspect. Like they made this fight look like a five round fight. Yeah. Good fight though. Good fight though. Yeah, this was a good fight. Yeah. Speaking of good fight, this one was not a good fight. This one ended in a jab. 
it, it was a short hook. It was a short hook. It looked it came in looking like a jab and then quickly turned to a short hook, which which was elite. That was elite. Tefan Nachukwi versus Carlos Olberg. Carlos Olberg got another one after he just beat Fabio Charant. And it's just like, damn, this is the second one because like I thought Nuchuki almost did, he kind of did with uh what Sharant did a little bit. Sharant was pretty much watching him while they was fighting. And it wasn't like a it it was like he was taking pictures and taking shots at the same time. Nuchuki was kind of doing the same thing and trying to walk him down. And that was, I was like, that's weird because he's a kickboxer. He's just gonna keep kicking you, throwing punches and everything like. You're not trying to defend block. You're not even checking kicks, man. Come on. So yeah, I think he was just like waiting for that one shot, but yeah. it, but it it was too late. And mm-hmm. you can't really approach uh, all your fights like that. You have to be able to mix it up a bit because if people are, know your power, they're gonna want to hit you before you exactly hit them. exactly. So that no, what they what Oberg was doing, he was just trying to draw it out. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even trying to trying to really like get into it first he was he was trying to draw the shit out and then that's when he saw once that 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 jab touched kind of hard that's when it was like okay go in so it's just like that open guard being like this like these guys are coming with their hands down these city kickboxing guys are coming with their hands down fighting straight at you kickboxing style Mm -hmm. so when the hands are coming up you're not seeing none of that shit you you got a whole blind spot of arm where he's coming straight up that blind spot, uh, blind spot. But Nachukwi, I know you elite. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to see that. But it's but they did put you up against a fucking dog. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is your third, fourth fight in the UFC. But you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, shout out Carlos Olberg. Uh, I want to see him against a dog. You know what I'm saying? I want to see that. I want to see because, you know, he's moving his way up. You know what? Even if this was his third fight in the UFC, that don't matter. That, that's not mattering anymore. You, you got to come prepared. Yep. Uh, do your research if you can. I know people just want to go with no bias in anything. But if you have the opportunity to do research on these people, why not? See, and the thing was, that last fight was probably all the research he needed. His fight versus Fabio Chavant was the last fight. Fabio Chavant was pretty much, it seemed like he was on autopilot in that fight. So mm-hmm. Alberg was displaying his displaying everything. Mm-hmm. He was showing him everything. So like he should have known if he shell up, Alberg is just going to go at your sides and go at your guard, go at the side of your guards, try to punch through your guard. He's going to do all those things. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think he got two good moments. He, maybe he got in their head. That's what I, I, I can only think of because I, I don't think that was the that wasn't the type of fight for Nuchuku. I hope he bounced back. I, I believe he will. I believe he will. So it's just it's kind of like mindset thing. And, yeah. and I think mind over matter. Yep. Next, Chris Curtis versus Rodolfo Fiera. And Chris Curtis came through again. Yes, he did. Like his, yeah. I, I just want to give Chris Curtis his flowers. You know what I'm saying? I just give him his flowers because he's been fighting for a long time and like not really complaining about, you know, the spot that he in and just appreciating the spot that he's gotten into. You know, I've, I've attributed his career to bad management and him being a humble guy. 
You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, I hope like his management situation probably getting better and and people are giving him the looks that he deserves because right now, like he's going to come up in the middleweight and he's really doing damage. Like he's he was really showing for three rounds that him and Vieira on on uh, two different levels. And that's what he showed in his past fights as well. So I just I'm just glad that, you know, right now is his time. He's getting a shine. He's getting his W's in a row. They giving him dogs and he just eating them up. So like, like they realizing that, okay, he's the dog. Fuck. All right. You look at his resume. He's fought so many people, countless people is crazy. So don't you, don't you like when that happened when they think they put him up against somebody, Oh, you know, yeah. this person's going to win and it don't like, happen no. like that. No, the, the scrambles though, the, his Chris Curtis scrambles. Remember the, the scrambles, like anytime he tried to take him down, that was the one that he kept trying to take him down. He, he had 20, uh, he went zero for twenty on takedowns. Are you serious? Yeah, so he's been working. Like, he's been working on them sprawls. Them thing. Oh man, when he circled the body, that was elite. I was yeah. like, man, that camp is doing him some justice. Like, absolutely. Hey, absolutely. Shout out to Chris Curtis. Keep getting your W's. Keep staying focused. Mindset is there. It's like you old enough. You already surpassed all the all the the mental barriers and all those things so far, like, you know, the main ones getting to the point where you at. So now everything is kind of leveling now and you know who you are and mm-hmm. we'd like to see you shine like that. Yep. Next, Nate Maness versus Umar Numagomedov. Shout out to Umar Numagomedov. Like they knew what was going to happen. They, 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 they just knew like three takedowns. That's, that's all Umar Numagomedov needed because it's almost like he's he's trying to show that he's champion material. So he's like, he's not really getting finishes. He's just showing that he's championship material, how he's dominating guys. Unanimous decision, decisions, though, 30, 27, 30, 27, 30, 26, 30, 25. Goddamn. I laughed at the <laughs> last one. And so did, yeah, Nate laughed at the, <laughs> when they said the last one, too. It was just <laughs> domination, domination. And I believe... He said he didn't want to finish this fight. He just wanted to dominate the fight just to show <laughs> his capability. And the numbers speak for themselves. 80% for total strikes, like 74% for significant strikes and three takedowns. This man just dominated the whole entire fight. It was There was Ridiculous. no question. Ridiculous. Speaking of dominated the whole fight. Next, we got Tiago Moises versus Christos Yagos. The Spartan. Um, shout out to uh, Tiago Moises. Got the W. Round one. Submission. He was in there looking strong. Like, I kind of knew that's how it was going to go. Brought out the jiu-jitsu. Rear naked choke. On his back, standing up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was bad. It was, it was bad. Ba- it was it was bad. Like, like, uh. So and he did he did it with one hand and then cranked it with the other one. I thought that was some pretty elite stuff. Yeah, that it, was just fantastic. It was a it was a it was a weird choke. Like it was almost like he cranked it. Like it's it's something that I'm going to be messing around with. Oh yeah, <laughs> for Me sure. Too. Me too. And it was almost like he he had one arm under the one, one choking arm, and he got behind the other choking arm was pulling it, like shoving it. Yep, that's right. So I think that's probably what it was. But he really was like all the way back here, yeah. so it looked like he was just like this. And then that shrug in the shoulders. It's probably everything. Yeah, that shrug, that shrug back. Don't yeah. forget to take that deep breath. <laughs> yeah. That's the part everybody forget. Yeah. Even me. 
I do. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> but shout out to Tiago Moises, performance of the night. Next, Josh Parson versus Alan Budo. Oh my God. This one hurt my soul. <laughs> because this I don't is a terrible fight. And, the, and he got a performance of the night off of it. You got a performance of the only because it was a finish. That's the only reason. And it and it's just like that was a clear gas tank issue. Yes, it was. And an issue of not being foreign to anything remotely. As soon as he sat on the ground, it looked like he just brain dumped everything else. Yeah. This man didn't know what to do. And that is not helping any fighters. And that's crazy because it's like, that's not like him. It's like, what is what what is that? What is that? Like, that's why I be thinking sometimes, like, is it a storyline going on? I don't know about like, are these people supposed to just fold up right here? Because it's like, ain't no way unless it's a conditioning thing. Like, there's no way Alan Budo is going to do that. But at the same time, it's just like he's a judo guy. I think he needs to step more in that jujitsu st- uh, part as well, because judo does have a part where they do submissions and, and have ground control. So it's just like, I just hope that that like he takes more advantage of learning more ground submissions and and getting uh, out of like side control, getting out of mount. Because he was in some bad spots, but at the same time, Josh Parson was very loose in those spots. So it's just like get, even getting his arm under the leg and slide it through. You know, those things was possible, but like if you don't know, you're just gonna cover up. That's true. But even when Allen was on the ground and Josh was on the bottom, he was still making great waves and being active about mm-hmm. everything. But as soon as he ended up on the bottom, he's just like, he didn't know what to do. He he, Allen was winning this fight before the the mere seconds of the end of the first round. But once Josh had that takedown and his corner <laughs> realized he couldn't do anything on the ground, guess what my go-to game plan is for round two to get you right on the ground? And that's what happened. And he just... They wasn't even good hits. He was just being <laughs> He was just pity patting and then looking yes. at the ref like, come on. You going to call it or not? And he just <laughs> kept doing that. But Allen, he was not trying to help himself. He bellied down. His legs were straight out. They were inactive. It was just so many things going wrong. And it was just like, this was one of the saddest fights. Like, yes, it was a little bit of action, but it was just like, oh my gosh, how are these people in the UFC? This is supposed to be an elite division. And this, there was nothing elite about this fight, the fighters themselves. And it was just, I would be embarrassed as both their coaches. Yeah, I mean, but this was, see, but at the same time, what I was thinking about was like, I was like, okay, okay. The big boys, they always do get gassed out faster. But at the same time, it's just like this one, this kind of was different. I don't know if there was something going on, like like adrenaline dump or something like that. Cause like this possible to adrenaline dump and then like gas yourself in the very first round. But this one was conf- it was very confusing. So the only the only other thing I can think of is they are from heavy humidity areas. And it's a dry climate here. So once you do step into like the desert area, which Vegas falls in, that is the only thing I can think of. But what are you training in the gym? Like, are you not working on cardio? That's a part of training. What's happening? A lot of guys are either cutting weight, cutting a lot of weight or gaining a lot of weight to be in the heavyweight because it's like they, they want to have that weight at the same time. I don't know. I think a lot of guys probably not in the gym. That's just what it is. Like, like they get their fight six months out, three months out, 
they're not in the gym until then. So I think sometimes it, it, it goes like that. But at the same time, performance of the night, not seeing it. Not seeing it because Alan Boudot was giving him them hands when they were standing up. Yeah, and they could have gave that to somebody else from the exactly. prelims. Like, exactly. come on, like, stop playing. There was some great stuff that happened on the prelims and y'all didn't even acknowledge it, but Facts. whatever. Facts. Next, we got Neil Magny versus Rachmanov. This one was sad, too. But, but. No, Neil Magny was clearly outmatched in this one. And it was just like, ooh. So I'm so glad it was this and not Kamzat. Because Neil Magny was saying, like, I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody. I'm here to fight the best people in the world. And he said the, the keyword things that all the guys say that's about to fight a prospect that know they're going to lose. And I should have took key when he said it. You know, when they first start off uh, any type of any any interview or something, and they start talking about, well, I don't care about this guy being undefeated or I, I'm just here to fight the best people in the world. So, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care what with the hype, all about the hype. I don't care about the when they start talking all like that, they care about the hype. <laughs> and he said he said when you run it back, he's going to be like, I didn't turn that opportunity down. Yeah, like, so it's just I get it. But here's a couple things I noticed. I'll be green Islam vibes. <laughs> like, Bobby Green him. was all Bobby Green was like, I'm a gangster. I've been here. I fight. I touched him one time, touched his face. <laughs> like, come on. I got to touch him. No man, he hasn't made it to the third round. So I knew he was gonna be uh pressed, but he 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 went about it a great way. He he wanted to finish it before the third round. You see, it's at five, uh 458. He hasn't been to a third round, he's undefeated. And this man showed great skills. I understand why he is undefeated at this point. I understand why he hasn't made it to a third round. I all of that. It was his work is phenomenal, and I'm really excited to see who he fight next because he is a force to be reckoned with. Y'all need to be on the lookout for him because somebody need to answer it. Neil Magny's jujitsu was looking good. It, it was looking good in a defensive standpoint mm -hmm. but uh in an offensive way i felt like there was some some things that like he was kind of not attacking yeah that rockmanov was really showing i don't know if he was just kind of like worried about like ground strikes which is a big thing <laughs> yeah because he was doing a good job keeping control and not just getting his face bashed in so, yes so defensive wise it, it, yes it was great yeah so i think he was just doing what he could to stay afloat yeah that's what i, I think he was just surviving at, at that yeah. point and and it was just like when he got the rear uh when he got the uh the guillotine in, i was i know his uh coaches was like you got five seconds five seconds he, yeah that they did shit, say that that shit had to be tight as fuck if he couldn't wait that whole two other seconds. seconds yeah because at the same time it's just like he was already i think he was on the side to get over Ramanov yeah. seemed like he had his knees down so it was just like if he wanted to get over that might have been an option mm -hmm. so I, I just think I just think that like there's some small little, little ticks and, and tweaks that could be like changed in that like because Neil Magny already has like the length for the jujitsu so it's just mm -hmm. like I think he would have had that if he you know applied those little small if he was like closer to those fundamentals 
I was hoping this was going to go to the third round, but I knew I was like, he's going to try to get it done. He is not trying to go to a third round. He's trying to keep the consistency of two rounds and done. And he, so far he's doing a great job of it. So I'm trying to see, or is it going to be a possibility somewhere in the near future where he's going to make it to a third round? Yeah, as, especially as he uh, progresses, like Neil Magby was one of those guys like that was going to really push him. And they didn't really get to stand up too long. That's what I'm saying. And, and, he never can. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's some dogs up there in the welterweight that you got to worry about. So, and then some. Who of them, do you think will be a good match for him? For Monov, um, I think he's he's still moving up in his competition level. So there's a bunch of guys welterweight, like like Kevin Holland just caught out Sean Brady. I think Sean Brady would have been a, a good matchup for him. Mm. You know, because they both have that grappling aspect. Uh, Sean Brady's jujitsu is like elite, elite. Mm. So. I think I don't know if Neil Magny's like a purple or blue belt. I'm not sure. I don't believe he's a black belt. I hope not. Next. <laughs> I will hope not either too. Like, cause if that's black, I don't know. I don't want to go to that gym. I be feeling I be feeling bad when I see people like that's a black belt that like because like sometimes like you get caught. It happens. I understand. Justin. Like, I understand. But if you're just living in closed guard because you're worried about the tax that's coming from Charles Oliver, that's different. That's different. That's different. You staying in closed guard, like no, not a jujitsu player is just gonna sit and stay in closed guard when you got access to sweeps and transitions. But if you think and you somebody's in your head and you think somebody's better than you on top of you, y'all the same fucking weight. Yeah. Then then you're gonna stay in closed guard. So that's what happened to me. I thought I submitted a guy, kept that closed guard, and he was scared. I was like, oh, I was like, you really about to do this? This last fight, this was a good fight. This was a great fight. This was a great wrestling fight as well. Like Armand Sarukian versus Gamru. And I have uh, Armand winning this one. Unanimous, was sad. He's unanimous so sad. decisions. Uh, not not really seeing it because like you know why I think that was? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Right. Uh, Armand was avoiding being on the ground. Remember how we talked about you have to engage? He was avoiding it. He was avoiding mm. getting takedowns and uh, Gamrot was very consistent about it and he was doing everything he needed to get it on the ground and I think he did a great job of it yet it was yeah. banging while standing up and whatever but like it yeah, he took his back to the, a few times it, it goes back to those options though it go, it, now he he matches his uh haircut in the back heartbroken I think that <laughs> I think that match I think that matches with the points I think that adds to the points you know him taking the back because he took his back a few times too and sat him down. Yeah. Um. Gamru just had like a, a another layer to his his wrestling onion, like, and that was clear. But I loved seeing the scrambles because it is so they many. They were so good. It tells you so many other options and ways of things, and and how and how intellectual these guys are. Yes. Like to be able to to operate each other's bodies in that fashion, get takedowns on, on both of them that have such high levels of grappling and and years and knowledge in this. You can't get to this level without actually start without somebody bringing papers in and y'all start looking at body parts and 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 anatomy and stuff like that. Like they have seen pictures of anatomy and stuff like that. They're deep into this shit, so it's just good to see such a great fight like that. Like definitely. Yeah would have been pay-per-view like take the names out that would have been pay-per-view worthy 
Gamrot has plenty of experience with wrestling and grappling, and I'm glad he was able to bring this out and, and show it all the hard work and dedication that he's put into the sport, and it worked out in his benefit. And this was just a great fight. Even though it went five rounds, I usually get bored after the second round, but the scrambles that was happening, the checkmates that were happening, it just kept me interested the entire time. And I'm like, this is just a really good fight. Gamrot definitely he definitely pulled away with it i didn't think it was unanimous i think it was pretty much like a split but um but armand uh Gamble is used to five round fights and this was armand sarukian's first five round fight mm-hmm. and he stayed in all five rounds he definitely started to fatigue i think like around into third fourth and that's still good at the same time he, he still pressed it out and you know, did his thing, but shout yeah, out Gamrot. Gamrot went Gamrot with a title shot. He wants something. Yeah, he, he, he turned hungry. it up in uh round five. So mm-hmm. like he knew he knew he was capable and he knew what he had to do. If I can just you know kind of not float, but like be consistent from one through four and then turn it up a little bit more in five, mm-hmm. that was gonna work to his advantage, and it did. Yeah, but hey, that was the no cap recap. Shout out to Gamrot for getting a W. Next week, I'm excited Israel, about his Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. It's happening. It's happening. I'm and so it's, excited. And it's and Holloway versus Volkanovski. We already know what's happening. <laughs> we that. already know what's happening. <laughs> and then, ooh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone is finally fighting. Well, fingers crossed. There's still well, some time for them yeah, to pull out. Yeah, yep, yep. Somebody gonna pull out right as they walking out. Like, oh, wow. like, like, but no, that, but that's how it's been. I don't know. I think he's been getting paid every time that somebody been pulling out, and every time those fights been happening, he been getting a lot of promo, a lot of press. So I don't know if you try to drag this out for another two fights, please no. Oh. Expiration date. <laughs> Everyone has one. Yeah, because they so, didn't even try to like rematch him up with anybody. They're trying to keep the same two but fighters. But it's, it's Jim Miller now. It's another uh, guy that's been fighting for a while. Jim okay. So. Oh, because the last dude hurt his knee. So. And Cowboy clearly said he did not want to fight no young guys. Ooh, the, yeah, because that does make a difference. That makes a big difference. They would yeah. they say they put it a, a percentage like sixty some percent that the younger guy wins. That's, yep. Damn. Yep. But that makes <laughs> a big sense. Percentage. It does make sense because like we were saying earlier, these guys are coming up and they're like relentless and they hungry and they got the means to come up and they're legacy kids and parents that did MMA coaches and kids of owners of gyms. Like, so yeah, make sure y'all go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and that's at Roundhouse Roundtable. And make sure you go uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, catch us on all streaming platforms and Fuck with us in the comments or something. Talk to us. At the same time, we hear the best MMA podcast for your ass. Ooh. Roundhouse Roundtable. 